Hello, welcome to the Show Oshibeson podcast. Show Oshibeson is the lead pastor, Grace Made Christian Center, where we raise change agents. We do hope you'll be refreshed by God's word today. Happy listening. Above all, let it not return to you void. Let it accomplish that which it was sent to do in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Please let's have a seat in God's presence. Glory to God. I'm always excited to be in God in God's house. Hallelujah. Please can we appreciate the grace of God upon minister? Minister Dari Justified. Such an anointed worshiper. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Hallelujah. Good morning, Grace Smith. <laughs> You're wondering why Pastor is not here. <laughs> all right. So, Pastor said, I should say hello to you all. <laughs> So he's, um, he's out of the country, um, it's official. So, um, but trust, just trust God that we'll have a great time this morning. Just trust God, hallelujah. Grace made is not about Pastor Shem, it's about God, hallelujah. Glory to God, hallelujah. I'm excited to share the word with you this morning. The message the Holy Spirit sent me to give you, which I titled, Oil for Abundance. Oil for Abundance. This morning, you know, this, this, this my guy is always in the spirit. That time when he mentioned um, Psalms 23, I said, hmm, don't go there. Don't share my message there. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, so let's open our Bibles to Psalms 23, verse 1. Psalms 23. Hallelujah. So we all know, uh, you know, it's a very popular scripture. We all know what Psalm 23 says. Says the Lord is my shepherd. Said I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. Who is a shepherd? A shepherd is a keeper. While I'm talking, just be just be imagining all those Fulani guys, you know, with their sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my keeper. It means the Lord watches over me. The Lord is my caretaker. He takes care of me. Psalm 23 verse 5, it says, He prepares a table before me. I'm not talking about, you know, a three-course meat table. I'm talking about like ten-course and above. 
table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. That scripture is very powerful. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. So there is such a thing as an oil for abundance. There is an anointing for it. There is an oil for it. Hallelujah. So verse 5 talks about abundance. Imagine the table. Imagine the table. After you have been anointed. And then your cup begins to overflow. It is not just full. So look at the difference between verse 1 and verse 5. In verse 1, it talks about basic needs. Verse 1 talks about my needs are met. Daily bread. It doesn't spill. You have, you cannot lack. You don't, you don't lack. You have it, it's okay. It's just okay. But when you want much more, you ask for the oil. Verse 5 talks about overflow, abundance. So the Lord, it is according to your faith. The Lord is able to provide for your basic needs. And he's also able to anoint you for abundance. according to your faith. Just how much more you know the Father. Praise God. God is able. God is able. So when you get to the point where you don't, you, you, you just, you, you feel the hunger. See, God is much more than this. And then you go to your dangote. work of my heart. And then he says, okay, in verse 1, and then he comes to verse 5, says, thou prepares a breakthrough before me. Thou prepares a promotion before me. On that same table, there is double honor. Hallelujah. It is all kinds of things that you desire. Just as she wants it. Hallelujah. But you know, human beings want to jump on verse 5 without going through the process. There is a verse 4 before verse 5. There is a verse 3 before verse 4. You just want the overflow. You just want the overflow. Give me overflow. He can give you. But hey, let's look at what verse 3 says. It says, he restores my soul. 
You don't want God to restore your soul, yet you want the oil for abundance. He restores my soul. He takes hold of your soul. Scripture says he redeems our soul from destruction. He says he calls us out of what? Darkness into his marvelous light. So they say he restores your soul. He brings it to the side of light. And this scripture says he set me on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So you are not just a new person or you don't just become born again. He said he sets you on the path of righteousness. That is the path where you begin to walk in righteousness. So he doesn't just redeem your soul. He also enables you to walk in the path of righteousness. A lot of Christians are not walking in the path of righteousness. You call yourself a Christian, yet you feel comfortable keeping malice. Very comfortable. You call yourself a Christian born again, yet people are afraid to do business with you. Why? Because you are a liar. You are a cheat. You are a thief. You call yourself a Christian. In fact, you are a worker in your church. So a lot of people do not walk in the path of righteousness, yet they want to experience the overflow. They want to experience the blessing of God. The anointing, the oil does not come on a thief. No, he doesn't. He sets you on the path of righteousness first. Verse 4. Verse 4. Look at this. It says, Though you walk in the valley of the shadow of death, it says you will fear no evil because the Lord is with you. His rod and his staff, they comfort you. You walk, so when, you, when God redeems your soul, he sets you on the path of, of righteousness. Now you are a righteous man. You must be tested. Your faith must be tested. Job was a righteous man. Have you forgotten? Righteous man to the core. Even God was boasting about Job. Have you seen? Have you seen Job? God was so pleased with him. He was such a righteous man. Hallelujah. But hey, the faith of a righteous man must be tested. It is a must. That is when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That is when you walk through the challenges of life. That is where you walk through failure, through shame, through reproach, through delay. Hallelujah. Through death. Praise God. Through lack. <laughs> all kinds of things. All kinds of challenges. 
Job walked through it. Job walked through it. So when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you still remain strong, believing God, that God is with me. Scripture says you will not fear because God is with you. So because you believe that God is with you, that is why you must pass the test. That is why you must come out victorious, standing strong in your faith. Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Hallelujah. So it is after you come out victorious like Job. <laughs> oh, Job thought he was blessed before the trials. He actually thought he was blessed. He thought he was rich. He was nothing compared. The, when God brought him out of the deep waters, it, the blessing that God, he said, he prepares a table. After verse 4, you come to verse 5. He prepares a table before me. In the presence of all those who have, have shamed me, who, who have reproached me while I was going through challenges. It happened to Job. They all came back to him. Hallelujah. So you can't just jump on verse 5. You cannot be anointed for abundance. When you do not, when you don't follow the process, God is a God of process. God cannot be mocked. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody with me? I hope I'm not boring you. Hallelujah. So when scripture says in verse 5, this is my text. This is my text. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. So scripture says you anoint my head with It does not necessarily mean that when God is going to bless you, uh, when, when God wants to bless you for overflow, that the pastor must anoint your head with anointing oil. The pastor can, but he doesn't, he did, he did, no, it is not necessary. So if you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Let me tell you what it means for you to receive the anointing for abundance. Psalms 133 verse 1. Let's go through the whole of that chapter, Psalm 133. It's a beautiful scripture. Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for what brethren to dwell together in unity. Scripture says it is good for brethren to dwell together in unity. Next verse. 
<laughs> it is like the precious oil upon the head whose head running down on the beard whose beard the beard of Aaron the beard of Aaron Aaron was the priest of the house of Israel ordained and anointed by God as priest through Moses so if there was an anointing or if God ordained and anointed Aaron as priest then God I mean the settlement of this house is also ordained and anointed by God as priest praise God so if there was an oil on the head of Aaron there is also an oil on the settlement of the house of grace made hallelujah there is an oil upon this altar so when the settlement comes upon this altar and says God said to tell you that before the end of this week you will have a major testimony the oil upon his head just flowed down to you he says down on the beard the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments every time the settlement of this house comes here but the reason of the anointing upon this altar and upon his head whatever he says is an oil flowing down to you next verse I love it he says it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion mountains of Zion Scripture says, for we have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. There are angels all around here. There are angels in this place. I love this last line. It says, for there, the Lord commanded the blessing. For there, the Lord anoints you with oil of overflow. There. Where? Where? Where is he talking about? Where? At the gathering of the brethren. The gathering of God's people. You don't, you don't trivialize or commonize the gathering of the brethren. around anywhere scripture says where two or three are gathered in my name there I am the Lord is there there is an anointing presence there there is an oil flowing it's flowing hallelujah I want to believe that there is no one here that has never, you have never asked God to bless you. You have never in your life asked God to bless you. You'll be a liar. 
Because if you have not asked God to bless you ever in your life, what are you doing in church? What have you come to do here? What are you looking for here? God wants to bless you, but he will not come and bless you where you are sitting lying in your bed with your watching movie in your laptop. He will not go and bless you in a club. No. He wants to bless you. When you come, you expect that God blesses you because for that, God commanded the blessing. Hallelujah. God wants to bless some people. But some people, they are dribbling God. You know when a, a, a footballer is playing and you are dribbling, you are dribbling. You are dribbling God. You are dribbling God. Jerry, come. Come. No, come here. Watch, watch this. I want to bless you. This, this is boy. I want to bless you. That's what you do for God. You are not staying put. You are not staying in one place. So today you will come to church. Yes, tomorrow you will not come. <laughs> Some people are forming celebrity for God. I come to church today so that no, I will not go in the next two weeks so that when they see me, they say, ah, good to see you. <laughs> it's been a while. We miss you. You are tripling God. God wants to bless you. There is an anointing for overflow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So anointing, I mean righteousness and all of these things qualifies you for the anointing. It says you anoint my head with oil. Now, being anointed is not enough to produce the overflow. That's another part. Being anointed is not enough to produce the overflow. Imagine you just bought a car. A very good car. And then, you know, your neighbors have congratulated you. Oh, congratulations on your new car. But they don't know that there is no fuel in the car. So you park the car at home. And then you are still jumping back to, do, to work. And then people are still looking at you with, um, with the old way of the guy that always jumps back. But they don't know that you have a very beautiful car at home because there is no fuel in the car. Or imagine you just bought a toy car for your son, for your child. And you forgot to buy battery. I mean, the, the car has a remote, the toy car has a remote. And then you take it home and give it to him and he say, hey, thank you, daddy. And you also start playing with it. <laughs> and the remote, the thing is not responding. You say, oh, I forgot to buy battery. So the anointing is not enough to produce the desired results. There has to be faith. So when the anointing is mixed 
together with faith, it produces the desired result. It produces the awful flow. It produces whatever miracle you're looking for. I mean, the, 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 the woman with the issue of blood said to herself, consistently, if I may touch the helm of his garments, that's faith speaking there. I mean, what makes, what, what made her think that it is just by touching the garment of the man? You have been through hell. You have gone to all kinds. They couldn't solve your problem. So now it is by touching the hell? Well, what do you mean by that? This is a, a powerful faith right there. Just by touching him. And she said that to herself consistently. The anointing was just moving on his own. JJ was just going. But when the faith came closer to the anointing, mixed with it, a lot of people touched Jesus, but he said, No. There is a different touch here. Gato Shali There has to be faith for the anointing to walk. Hallelujah. Now, how do you walk in faith for overflow? We have been talking about it. Number one, giving. I will not, I will not say it anyhow. It is giving, giving. Number one, giving. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 6. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6. I want, you, I want to show you something. He said, in the morning, sow your seed in the morning. In the evening, do not withhold your hand. For you do not know which will prosper. Either this or that or whether both alike will be good. To tell you that cultivate the habit of giving, whether you 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 have small or big, make it a culture. Consistently do it consistently. Make it a habit. It is not you just like you know Femi was saying. It is not when you go to the, the gym for 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 one day. It is continuous. You don't know the day of your visitation. You don't know. Consistent giving. You can't separate. You can't separate it. You can't separate seed from harvest. You can't separate it together. Scripture says, as long as the earth remains, seed time harvest. It is together. You can't separate it. When you sow, you reap. When you sow, you harvest. Harvest is coming. It is sure. It is sure. This one is guaranteed trust. The best bank you can ever imagine. In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, don't withhold your hand. Give it. Oh, 
I like Psalms 126. It says, those that saw in tears shall reap in joy. So when you, when you, when you deposit in tears, it says you will withdraw abundance in joy, rejoicing. <laughs> there must be a deposit. There must be. If God cannot be mocked, you cannot cheat God. It's not possible. It says, he who wants continually it is it is a continuous thing he who continually goes forth weeping weeping bearing his seed for sowing shall doubtless there's no doubt about it God cannot cheat you God cannot owe you, shall doubtless continually, continually. Hallelujah. So don't, do, do not think, oh, I don't have today. Oh, ah, this salary is not enough. I cannot give tithes this, this, this month. Oh. I cannot give tithes this month. I have bills to pay. God knows now. No, 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 I can't give. We can't give now. Baby, 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 we cannot give now. We will give later. It's not convenient. Even when it is not convenient. says, that is why scripture says, he who sows in tears. What do you mean? What do you mean the scripture was saying? It's not convenient. He who sows in tears. But he says, even though you are sowing in tears, give it cheerfully. For God, what? Loves a cheerful giver. It has to be cheerful. Repositioning, number two. Repositioning. Repositioning. Number two. See. See, Jeremiah 11, Jeremiah 11, 1. Jeremiah 1, <laughs> sorry, Jeremiah 1, verse 11. There has to be a mental shift. There, see, you cannot become without seeing. You have to see it. You have to see the overflow even when it is not looking like it. You have to be able to see it. God said, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? This is God asking you, what do you see? You have to see. God told Abraham, as far as your eyes can see. And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Verse 12. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. For I am ready to perform my word. God cannot perform without you seeing. You, can, you have to see. You know, when, 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 when. This 
second half of the year, overflow. And he said, oh God, give me overflow. Oh Father, give me overflow. I was praying. I was praying. Until one day I was studying the Bible and, and, and you know, it just, it just dawned on me. Holy Spirit just said to me, you are actually not believing God for anything. You are just praying for overflow. What are you believing God for? What do you see for this second half? What do you see happening for you in the second half of the year? And then I began to write. Say, so write down the vision. So there are some people, you, you are just praying for overflow. You don't have anything written down. You don't have goals. That by the end of December, I want all this to have come to pass. You don't have it. What are you praying for? He says, write it down. God believes in writing. Write it down. So that even when you have forgotten that there is something you wrote, by the end of December, when you take, you say, ah, actually all of these things have come to pass. So I didn't realize. You have to see it. It's a mental reposition. You have to see it. And then there is a career reposition. When God wants to bless a man. Hey. David was at the backside of the desert. And then when the anointing came upon David. God took him to the palace where he could display his talents on the harp. So you have a talent. You have a business. God is mindful of your career. God is mindful of your career. Hallelujah. And then from the, 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 and then from the palace, and then later on in his career, he began, to, he began to, to, to go to war. He began to fight wars. And he became a mighty man of valor. And then after some time that he fought wars, he became king. Hallelujah. Look at that. Look at that. God is mindful of your career. Hallelujah. The, okay. And... There's a location, reposition. Abraham, uh, sorry. Uh, Genesis 12, verse 1. We know that scripture where God told Abraham, he says, get out of thy country from your family and from your father's house to what? To a land. So also, a location reposition when God is said to bless a man, anoint you for abundance, he places you from here to there. Hallelujah. See, to a land, and then look at that. After that, to a land I will show you, verse 2. says, now, says, I will make you, I will make you your name, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. To a land, I will show you. Hallelujah. 
So sometimes, maybe when something happens, you are very diligent and work, at work, and maybe something happens, they just, they relieved you. You don't see it as anything. Just believe God has a plan for your life. It might be a repositioning. Hallelujah. Number three, which is the last one, I'm running now. Instruction. God gives instruction. When God is set to bless you, he gives you a specific instruction. Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 1. Let's, let's, let's look at it. Second Kings chapter 4. A certain woman, we know the story, let's just go through it. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha saying, your servants, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what do you have? Or what, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maid servant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Just a jar. Next verse. Next verse. So then he said, go, borrow vessels. That's an instruction. Borrow vessels from everywhere, everywhere. Borrow vessels. See, it is a specific instruction because as a Christian, we should not borrow. Scripture says we shall learn to many nations and not borrow. Since you shall not borrow. You shall not borrow. So how come a man of God, a man of God, instructing you to go and borrow? Scripture says a borrower is subject to what? The lender. Just subject to the lender. So it's against the scripture that says that we shall be the head and not the tail. It's against the scripture that says we shall, we shall lend to many nations. We shall not borrow. Can you tell me to go and borrow? Can you tell me to go and take a loan? Take a loan? Where would, where, would I, where would I pay back? How would I pay back? What if? What if? All the what ifs start set to set in your brain. What if I don't break even? What if this? What if they come to steal my? What if they come to seize my house? What if they come? To, what if? What if? So it must be a specific instruction for you to borrow. It's specific, so you must pay attention to what God is saying. Instruction. And what happened? No, no, let's, let's still be there. Second, uh, Second Kings chapter 4. We all know what happened. So go and borrow vessels from everywhere. From your neighbors. Empty vessels. Do not gather a few. Don't take small loan, no. <laughs> you have to study business. Don't take small loan, no. What do you say we should start small? Eh? Even though your beginning may be small, 
Is it in the is it not small? He said, "Don't take small loan, no. Don't borrow just a few." Uh-huh. Next verse. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into those vessels and set aside the full ones. Mm-hmm. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. Who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said, bring, bring, <laughs> bring, bring. Then she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And the son said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Apparently she borrowed just a few. <laughs> All right, next verse. Next verse, then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. Next verse. Now it happened one day that Elisha went, okay, that's it. Scripture says, Elisha said, you and your son live on the rest. Pay your debts. So meaning that from the small vessels that she borrowed, she paid and they, and they were still running over. Hallelujah. Even though she borrowed small or few vessels. Hallelujah. A specific instruction always works. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. You know, we are talking about abundance, overflow. So I'm talking about business. Here is Peter, was a fisherman. So it was, as the multitude pressed. Up, no, no, no. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Verse. Let's go to verse 4. So when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let, your, let down your nets for a catch. And then, hey, next verse. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. We have toiled all night, all night and caught nothing. I have applied for that visa over and over again and they never gave me. I have pitched, I bid there for that contract over and over. I, every year I go there, I bid for it. Every year I go there, I bid for it. They never give me. All night. Says, nevertheless, at your word was an instruction. Let down your net for a catch. Launch into the deep. Was an instruction. That was an instruction. Even though He's done that several times. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. That's an overflow. And their net was breaking. And when they even managed, called friends here and there, come and help me, come and help me pull the net out of the river. And when they managed to bring out the net and it landed on the boat, the boat began to sink. The boat 
are small. That's why he's sinking. Your posts are small. You don't have an account that can take one million. You, you, you don't even have an account that can take 500,000. And you are believing God for abundance. You don't have a domiciliary account because you don't have the faith. Because faith is not mixed with anointing. That's why you don't know who, who, who will pay me dollar now. Who, who, who won't pay me dollar <laughs> in this country? <laughs> you are laughing at your poverty. God is able to take you from verse 1 of Psalm 23 to verse 5. But you are limiting God with your faith. You're limiting God. The boat was sinking. He had a very small boat. Even though God did not look at the small boat, he still said to him, launch into the deep, gave him an instruction and say what I can do. God wants to give you dollars. Even though you don't have a domiciliary account. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Instruction always works. Specific instruction. Specific instruction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God told Isaac, said, don't go down to Egypt because there was a famine. Say, stay in the land that I tell you. Don't go down. Don't go to America. Don't think because, you know, America, you will make money, you will work, you will make money there. And then that's where you can come and build house here. Say, no. Because we always think that when there's recession here in Nigeria, the way out is to relocate and travel abroad and go and make money. Say, so don't go down to Egypt. Stay in the land. Go, if I go and go to Oshobo, stay in Gerard. I will tell you to stay. And Isaac sold in that land. Ha. Hey. Instruction. Always. Especially when it comes directly from the Holy Spirit. It always work. It will always work. You will not be stranded. You will not be confused. In the name of Jesus. Scripture says you shall hear a voice behind you saying this is the way, walk in it. In the name of Jesus, the Lord will give you a specific instruction. A life-changing instruction. I remember those days when I would pray in the night and ask God to bless my husband. All of a sudden, there was a year in 2019 and God gave him a specific instruction and said, Speak in tongues for one hour every day of this month of November. And he did it. It was a life-changing instruction. The Lord will give you a life-changing instruction. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will open doors for you. This week you will receive good news. I am not shouting, oh, so you might not... But when you have faith, 
that mixes with anointing you will receive. Say, this week you will have a major testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ, those will open unto you. Scripture says, for they did not gain possession of the land by their own hand. Nor did their own arm save them, but it was your right hand, your arm, the light of your countenance because you favored them. Favor of God will work for you this week. In the name of Jesus, those that your certificates cannot open, those that your, your experience, your skills, your talents cannot open, the hand of the Lord, the right hand of God will open the doors for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. And it shall come to pass in that day that his, his, his body shall be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. I speak over your life in the name of Jesus. Every yoke of failure, every yoke of reproach, every yoke of I almost got it is broken right now in the name of Jesus. Not anymore. The scepter of favor is stretched towards you. In the name of Jesus, the scepter of favor was stretched towards Esther. It is stretched towards you in the name of Jesus. The arm of the Lord will bring you out of the deep waters. In the name of Jesus, the arm of the Lord will bring you out of the deep waters. The Lord will re reward your righteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. You know, David was at the backside of the desert. And you know, the, the Lord had positioned someone in the palace, you know, that would recommend David. And then God by himself created a problem in the palace that David can solve. <laughs> and before you know it, David got to the palace. And you know, it happened for Joseph just like that. The Lord created a problem at the palace that only Joseph could solve. And God had positioned someone in the palace that would recommend Joseph. And all of a sudden, he woke up and he was summoned to the palace. The palaces of your industry will summon you. In the name of Jesus, the palaces of your industry will summon you. In the name of Jesus. And those who have reproached you, those who have despised you, those who have dishonored you, they will come. They will have no choice that to honor you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We're glad you're part of our community now and trust you are blessed by today's message. Please subscribe to the Show Oshibeson podcast, like and share as well. You can also find Pastor Show on Instagram at Shewu Oshibeson or at Grace Made NG.